Hello guys and welcome to the Parked Up podcast by the wonderful ladies behind Park Femme, a place which is built by women for everybody to involve more inclusivity into the wonderful world of motorsport. I say that worked. Yeah, that's good. I just feel like... Yeah. Yay! <laughs> You're doing amazing, girl. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Um, yeah, so I feel like we should go over a little bit about Park Fem, Parked Up, what it is. Introduce ourselves yeah. a bit. I'm Alice. Hi, I'm Celeste. I'm Naomi. And I'm Katie. Katie really did not want to go third there. She was like, no, no I'm going last. I'm going last. <laughs> I was thinking you were going to do it. <laughs> okay, so the order the order is going to be Alice, Celeste, me, Katie. Yeah. You know what? Well, I'm going to balls it up and I'm going to park cameras wherever I feel like putting it. So it's just going to be like ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Ring, ding, 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 ding. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, everything that you find on Park Firm will be anything, any motorsport that you can find a Park Firm. Firme. Park Firme. That's the whole twist on it because we want to cover all ranges of motorsport because. Between the four of us, we have a very large um, knowledge on different worlds of motorsport. Like, I could tell you pretty much most things about Formula 1, Formula 2, Formula 3, W Series, Formula E. Dabble a bit in, like, MotoGP, but only because I started re-watching it this year, but not a lot. And then you have Celeste, who's into everything. Yeah, more endurance racing, I guess. It's also my thing. Of endurance racing, obviously Formula One, Formula Three, uh, all feeder series, IndyCar. I really love IndyCar, more of the American races. I do watch some NASCAR sometimes. Um, yeah, just like Alice, I crossed over to MotoGP this year, so still we, learning. But it's we, fun. we held hands and crossed over together this year. And <laughs> yeah, we were uh, like, let's do it. So if you hear us talking about our favorite drivers and favorite teams, it's purely because we both decided that if we wanted to start watching it, we at least needed someone to support. Yeah. And we just opened up a list. And as a Mercedes fan, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Monster Energy team. I love Monster Energy. Mercedes is sponsored by Monster Energy. I'm picking that team. And then Celeste went, oh my God, Italian, Italian and Italian, man. Yeah, so, the full Italian team. So I had to go with that. <laughs> our information on it is slim, but it's yeah, there. Very. And then We're you have- getting there. Naomi, who's a massive MotoGP nerd, yeah, <laughs> literally a dictionary. Yeah, it's true. And um, I'm quite lucky because I, I watch like all of them. Like I watch MotoGP, Moto2, and Moto3, and then I'm able to watch like F1, you like all at the same time. I watch, you know, F1 and all the feeder series. IndyCar, I also love to watch. Luckily, they're all at like different time zones, which is amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah. which gives me time just to watch like all of them um, so yeah IndyCar as well I've I've recently watched a lot of the IMSA this year um, my favourite driver went over to that series so wanted to give it a go love it um, again WEC, GT World Challenge love endurance racing everything about it Formula E, we're, we're all invested in Formula E <laughs> yeah. equal amount um, and yeah BSB all those kind of things um, I do like Formula One, Formula Two, Formula Three. Um, but sort of my big one is like the British Touring Cars see like series, and they're supporting races. So it's like British Formula Four, um, the Mini Challenge, the Porsches. They have some there. Um, 
yes that's sort of mainly my thing I'm sort of lucky now that I've got different job that hopefully next year next season I should be able to sort of do all the races in the season that's sort of my my goal all of them next year so I should be a bit more informed because hopefully I'll be there she's, she's <laughs> our little brand hatch queen yeah, no, she's a little, you know. I'm always like, yeah, I live so close to like um, Snetterton. Snetterton? Snetterton? Yeah, Snetterton. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Is that it's how that. it's pronounced? I think, I think so. Yeah, That's yeah. how I say it. Yeah, yeah Snetterton. <laughs> Thank you. I was like Snetterton. You're like Snetterton. I'm like, oh shit, if I said that wrong. <laughs> and then Katie's like, yeah, I live like five minutes down the road from Brown Touch, and I'm like, okay, one up me, why don't you? <laughs> um, we are all from very, very different parts as well from like around the world so you will notice different accents here and there because i'm i'm from northwick home of martin brundle and george russell but literally the home of martin brundle and george russell um you've got katie who is from brands hatch basically basically birthed on the racetrack on the track (laughs) on the track um you've got naomi who's welsh well, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I was Scottish to start off with, but the flag reaffirmed it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think it's a joke. Uh, and then Celeste is Dutch. Um, I know looking, if you're watching this on the YouTube, looking at Celeste's camera, she would not look Dutch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Basically you know. Italian. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically Italian. Basically but... Italian. Yeah. <laughs> um, association. So how did everyone get into motorsport? Like, how did each of you get into, like, the different parts of motorsport that you're into? For me, it started with my dad. He watched it King every Harold. single Sunday. Yeah, King <laughs> Harold. To be fair, he was only in Formula One, so he only watched the Formula One races. And then as I grew up, I started to get more interested in, like, all the other series and all the other classes we have and i just got addicted so fast it's just it within a year i think i watched more than 10 series and i just <laughs> i loved it absolutely yeah it's it's been crazy it makes sense though because you're so close to the track mm, and yeah. like Zandor yeah, so... literally shows everything everything yeah that's the thing because i can go to the track with the bike and i just came there since i've been a little child i remember my parents like literally pushing me up the hill because i wasn't being able to walk myself back then and they just pushed me up into the dune so we just watched the racing there all day long so yeah i just i grew up with it basically i also grew up with it but mine was more of a um disappointment to my mother that i was birthed the opening weekend of um the race <laughs> of the races of the formula one season she was a massive michael schumacher obsessed loved michael schumacher um so it was literally every every weekend the f1 was on i was in front of the tv watching the f1 um and then she stopped watching it when michael schumacher retired um because she kind of felt like that connection with her and f1 was gone because of like how much she loved michael and with all the regulation changes and stuff she didn't feel like connected to it anymore so I was basically forced to stop watching it. I, you know, was I so reasonably young? I was like, what? How old was I? Twenty? I was fourteen. I was going into my GCSEs at the time, so I was like, just focus on my GCSEs, um, and then started keeping up to date with all the highlights for feeder series because obviously George Russell was competing in feeder series, and 
literally being from the same place he's from you the entirety of the news is about this wonder kid that's going to make it to f1 like we haven't had someone do so well in motorsport since like martin brundle to go up and george is the closest we'll have to having a world champion from where we're from so it was every day like you know we always watch the news um like after dinner like it's always on and it was always George Russell this, George Russell that, George Russell this. So I was like, I know I liked it. Like, I knew I enjoyed watching racing. So I keep up to date with, like, um, the feeder series and stuff like that on YouTube. And then when I figured out how to um, watch the race without having Sky, um, <laughs> <laughs> I then just started watching it all the time. I do pay for Sky now. Sky, if you're listening, I do pay. Every <laughs> every month. Every month I pay. 20 pounds just we're, to watch the we're race all cars. legal watchers here we are all legal watchers <laughs> we are yes. promise. Uh, promise yep <laughs> Naomi, yeah. you go next? For, for me it it all happened like so quickly so in like lockdown in 2020 i i kind of like dabbled a bit um and it was like just as we were coming out of lockdown um i think it was like either the Hungarian Grand Prix or like the Syrian Grand Prix when they did the the double weekend in Austria it was just on my tv I was home I was bored I miss sports and I was like oh I'll just I'll just put it on like whatever and it was only a free practice session so it wasn't like anything that important um but I I instantly fell in love with it like so quickly and um through through that whole day of I was watching Formula Two and Formula Three instantly, mm-hmm. and then the next weekend I think it was like a a break weekend one of the the only like break weekends we had during that COVID like run of races, and MotoGP was on and I was like oh I'll give I'll give this a go, mm-hmm. um and just instantly loved it it's it's something that like I was really surprised how like I forget. But I haven't been into it for that long. We were talking about the Singapore Me Grand Prix. Too, sometimes. Yeah, we were she talking has about so this... much knowledge. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the Singapore Grand Prix, and I was like, "Yeah, I haven't. I've never seen that live. Like, I've never seen that live." And it's it's that kind of weird thing. But I love. I get invested quickly. I love it, and sports mm. is just always that kind of thing. And then I started watching it with my family more often. Um, this year we went to Silverstone for F1 and MotoGP. Obviously, then we went to London for Formula E, so it's just, yeah, perfect. Um, So I started watching Formula One when I was younger. I must have been sort of three or four when I first watched it, because like, my dad would have it on the TV when we'd be eating on Sunday roast. So I just kind of got into it. And then my favourite man, Jensen Button, Alice knows. Oh. My favourite driver. So that's sort of where my sort of like McLaren being my sort of home team ignore the jumper McLaren, my home team my own team sort of stemmed from sort of that whole thing and they'll always be my team in regarding the whole sort of Daniel Ricciardo stuff at the moment Don't I won't say I'm proud of what they're doing yeah I'm not can't say I'm not proud of what they're doing but they're still my team um but yeah so when I started doing my A-levels and started like having like a weekend job it just meant that I sort of drifted away from the sport because I couldn't watch it sort of live and didn't have time to sort of watch the races afterwards. Um, and then lockdown came around. So I was just kind of like, why not? It's a prime opportunity, prime time to get back into sort of watching a sport that I grew up watching and loved. And yeah, sort of 
went back to a job working a Sunday, but thought, you know what, sleep's just sleep. I'll sit there and I'll, I'll watch the highlights. I'll watch the race again. Um, and then, yeah, living so close to brands, it's sort of like, that's my that's my track. Um, knowing that sort of like Formula One used to race there, they can't anymore, but then I was kind of like, oh, I'll watch the touring cars because it's quite a big thing in the UK. Like, it is our sort of like our home like series. So I was like, oh, I'll go, I'll go watch like the weekend and yeah, fell in love with it because it's so different in the sense of like the championship. So you have, it's a more tightly like contested championship. So they're going into sort of the second to last race weekend of the season with six drivers going for the championship. And they've already said that they're going to go into sort of like the last three rounds, which are at Brands at, in the start of October and they're going to be those six drivers going for the championship in those three races so it's not like anyone can sort of come off the throttle because they've won it already it's going to be racing for the championship so yeah i just think that one is sort of for me it's it's my sort of series i i get very protective over it <laughs> <laughs> comfort series. yeah it's my little comfort series yeah yeah but also formula e sort of i start, i think i started watching it season two season three so it was like when they were still sort of like establishing it as a series, but it was all very much like everyone going, well, it's, a, it's an electric race and it's not going to pick up and sort of here we are now. It's an actual established world championship and first ever Dutch world champion. It's Likely. not Max Verstappen. Nick DeFries. Nick DeFries. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got into but... Formula E so late. Like, yeah. I say feel so late. I got into it in 2019 because I didn't, I don't know why I'd never heard of it. I just think it's because like I was pretty much, I was like F1, F2, F3 every week. Like, you know, uh-huh. like that's my drill. Um, and I was working and um, my boyfriend at the time was very, very much into motorsports well. Um, so like we would just watch, you know, it was just F1 and like, that was pretty much it he wasn't even interested in feeder series so like i don't think i ever like like pretty much ventured further than that until it was 2019 and um this is like prior like you know this little era of early 2019 is the reason now why we're all friends pretty much as well yeah um and it was just because my cousin was like hey i really like the f2 driver calamai a lot um, he's my favourite driver and he streams like can you come into a stream with me because I feel really nervous to go in there and I, I feel really nervous to talk to people so I was like yeah yeah sure so I, I'm, I'm not bothered by that like I'll happily go in a chat and just tip tap away to people went in started talking in his chat made some really really good friends out of there literally people who I'm still friends with to this day and um, I remember we were all in his discord server because we were creating our own minecraft server and they were like, oh, like, you know, I would play tonight, but Formula E's on. And I was, I was like, what's that? And they were like, no, come watch it. So, like, that was my first season then was because they were like, you have to come watch Formula E. Um, and instantly I recognised Nick DeVries and I was like, I fucking love Nick DeVries. <laughs> I fucking love Nick DeVries. I have such a soft, like, I've had a soft spot for him since, like, feeder series. And I was like, that's my man. And I was like, oh, who's his teammate? And it was none other than fucking Stoffel Van Dorn. <laughs> and I was like, my McLaren boy. Like, similar to KTA, like, Jensen Button was my first love in Formula One and will always be my forever. Like, he's always mm-hmm. my top. Um, And, like, 
when him and Lewis were then in McLaren together and I loved Lewis Hamilton um, it was just such a great pairing and I fucking loved the pairing so much that then McLaren kind of became my team so you know I like fell in love with Stoffel through that and then obviously I saw them you know they were both teammates and I was like the two men I love most in motorsport uh, just like in a team together like that's my team that is my team I claim it <laughs> and now they're gone so oh, yeah. everyone so knows sucks. that everything ends in heartbreak yeah. <laughs> everything in motorsport anyway everything in motorsport <laughs> ends in heartbreak never get attached never get attached <laughs> yeah and like with Formula E I literally so I watched um, the last race of 2020 the last one of Berlin um and then I was like, okay, no, I actually really like it. So rewatched basically all of the races before the season started. Um, and we watched the beginning of season seven, all of us together in Diria. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I kind of already had a couple of favorites, like, because I had, like, I'd watched the past races. I also knew a bit from like GP2 era. Um, so I was like really like interested in watching like what Alex Lynn was doing, what Mitch Evans was doing, and then in Diria, they <laughs> crashed together <laughs> really badly. Um, and yeah, I, I was freaking out to be honest. <laughs> you were all like, no, they'll be fine. I was like, no. Um, <laughs> but like the race even then was like amazing. You know, Edo Mortara's like o- double overtake through the middle was like effect so that kind of solidified that that's who sat behind us at formula e this year wasn't it who no who was sat behind us at formula e norman nato Uh, yeah Yeah, tom and norman which we realized as they were coming down the stairs and you're like <laughs> hang on a second coming down the stairs is that normal now <laughs> alice goes hang on a second <laughs> and they both turn around as if to say shh shut up don't say anything <laughs> don't blow our coffee yeah <laughs> even though they had like vip lanyards on they had headphones that the said like VIP. Yeah. yeah it was so obvious but yeah it was i was funny. like that's a race car driver i know a race car driver when i say a race car driver <laughs> yeah and then I managed to name them, luckily, so. Yeah. I was like, I can't put a name. I'm terrible at putting a name to a face. I don't Literally. Mean, Show me Max Verstappen and I will tell you it's Sergio Perez. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> For anyone ever wondering, that, I'm not bad. <laughs> uh, so, we want to use this podcast to discuss a lot of different things, from what's happened the, uh, during the race weekend, to like everything racing basically but if there's race weekends on we want to talk about the race weekend that's occurred and the race weekend that's forthcoming because obviously there's a period of time where there isn't really any racing across the christmas period um up until what the end of january when formula e starts again um so you know while there's racing on we want to talk racing um and there are multiple racing series on this weekend uh, one <laughs> of the ones being the wonderful track is Zandvoort in the Netherlands, um, which our lovely Celeste was actually there. She is a track marshal. She's a little flag marshal, you know, waving yes. a yellow flag for about two hours straight. A lot, a lot of yellow <laughs> in flags. In Formula 2, yeah. Flags. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> um, 
So I don't know whether for you the atmosphere felt different because you were there compared to what we could see it, but the atmosphere at the Dutch Grand Prix always looks insane. Like, yeah. probably second to any Italian Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. I don't think it translates as well on TV as it is in real life. Because I was at the Arena Grandstand where there was a lot of people and I watched it back on TV because I wanted to know if the sound was as loud as I could hear it there and it's, it really doesn't translate as good. Like, I couldn't even hear the cars at one point because the crowd was just screaming so loud. And obviously I have my earplugs in because the cars are really loud um, if you stand so close to them. So normally when Max came around, I put my earplugs out just because I wanted to feel the atmosphere and feel the people. But I just couldn't hear the cars anymore. It was so loud. I can't describe it. I've never ever been through anything like that. It was insane. So yeah, I would say the atmosphere on TV, if that's already big and if that's Mm. already feeling great, then it's even better in in real life it's it was insane i was gonna say on tv it's just it's a lot of orange like anytime it pans over it's orange it's just straight up orange it's like are there actually any other fans in here apart from my my mom's very much like a casual fan like she watches it because i have it on the tv and without fail every like this year and last year she sat there and she's gone oh my god there's so many mclaren fans and i'm like no 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 mom no mom uh not not quite i was like and my dad's like no ellen stop stop (laughs) don't embarrass yourself is your mom lando norris yeah literally honestly are they for me (laughs) still keeping on the thing of atmosphere there's obviously a lot of controversy around the atmosphere that Mm -hmm. um, the dutch grand prix brings because you watch um any of the italian grand prix and you see the atmosphere that the tifosi can create without being dangerous in the process whereas um with the i know it is only a very very small portion of the the drivers the people attending (laughs) that are the problem Mm -hmm. um because there are a lot of fans who just go to watch they enjoy um but obviously the biggest thing that is always brought up around Zanvoort is obviously the flares. Yeah, it's a big problem. Uh, especially the first few days, like the Friday and the Saturday, I think it was the biggest problem. We had a lot of flares and it wasn't just with a pole position or Max doing good. It was every single session with FP1, with FP2, we had the flares everywhere. At that point, it was just in the stands, um, which is fine. I get that it creates this cool atmosphere and you know it's 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 cool it looks cool on tv it looks cool in real life so i get why people are doing it but then when we came um to the flares ending up on the track that obviously crossed a line um i don't know why people would do that i really don't know and to be fair at one point we were a bit scared that they were gonna throw a lot of flares on the track if max crossed the line at quali because obviously he was the first to go out. He set the time, which got him pole. And to mm. be fair, we as marshals were a bit scared that people would just go nuts and throw a lot of flares on the track just to bring out a red flag and end the quality there. Um, luckily, that didn't happen to that extent. But yeah, it is a big problem that people throw the flares on the track. A lot has not been broadcasted. Um, there's been a lot of flares throwing at the direction of the track that didn't make it. But I've picked up a lot of flares 
um, around the trek that people true. So yeah, big problem. It's, I suppose it's not just dangerous in the sense of it being thrown on track but even in the grandstands like the visibility for like fans obviously like inhaling like the smoke I know one of our friends oh. said she went to the Hungarian Grand Prix and she was like coughing up like orange for like days after because she'd inhaled so much of the smoke mm -hmm. but um, it's not just that it's like driver visibility <clears throat> if they're yeah. racing and you've let off a flare like <laughs> they're going however many hundred mile an hour like yeah. it's not safe yeah it's not safe in the slightest yeah and, and if, if like if... Go on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it really is a bad thing for the visibility because at one point even we as marshals couldn't see the cars coming at us which is obviously also dangerous because if a car mm. crashes or anything we can't see it we can't help the drivers we can't do anything so yeah it's it's a big problem in a lot of lot of ways yeah it's crazy because obviously with like you see flares a lot like in football matches and in the uk like it's it's a big no like they are banned and mm. like they will always check your bags but it's like even the security at formula one races is as ridiculous like i i went to yeah. silverstone and they hardly checked our bags i didn't even luckily get no exactly and we like there were no flares that's Silverstone, or that I could see, luckily, but you could have taken anything in. They they hardly checked. You could probably have just walked around it if you wanted to, and that the amount of people there as well, it's it's dangerous. Like it really is dangerous. I was gonna say because when I went to Silverstone, I I didn't even have a small bag. I had a big bag. It was like this big because mm -hmm. brought in like food we brought in like drinks and everything like that because it's expensive mm. in the track and you're allowed to bring in food and drinks for me they're not in like glass bottles or anything which is fine it's understandable but i had this massive bag over my shoulder and i walked straight past the gear guys they smiled and said have fun and i was like mm. i could have anything in this bag and you've just let me yeah. walk straight through do you remember at Formula E? This is another yeah. thing remember at Formula E we had bags with us and we walked through and i went do you want to check my bag you went no it seems like... to be a very common thing with sort of like and i was like yeah. i know formula e formula e was much more security policed than yeah formula one yeah. but i think that's because we accidentally went through the wrong entrance yeah because we were meant to keep going down and go through the like but um, they pointed us thingy. to go that way i know and they were like come through and we went through the hospitality entrance so they just kind of like didn't bat an eyelid let us walk through the metal detectors and was like, all right, have a good time. And we were like, okay. Um, like, but I know everyone else kind of like, all the other people that we went with, they yeah. all got their bag searched, they got checked, yeah. Yeah, they got, I got everything. Yeah, because yeah. I remember I... you had all of your luggage, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> I, I came straight from the plane, so I had a lot of luggage with me and they checked everything. And also when I went to Berlin for the Ypres, I remember they checked my entire bag. Like I had to get everything out so they could really Easy. see what was in there. Yeah. So definitely better security there than at a Formula One race. Yeah, yeah I think Formula even... One stuff it big time. Yeah. Even MotoGP, like it's still at the same venue, still at Silverstone. Yeah, I feel like they checked my bag more. And it was just like I like e even then like I could have probably hidden something. Like just put like a whole load of stuff on top. Like I don't know. It's it's they need to be careful of it, especially with the the amounts of people at these events. Like Silverstone yeah. was like sold out. And... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I feel like with like I know it's a thingy with the touring cars, but 
like at Brands Hatch, they were sort of like you had one of the entrances was obviously like the main entrance. You walk under like the big arch that sits there and says like "Welcome to Brands Hatch." Their security, they were going through your bags. They were making you empty like your coat pockets to make sure that you weren't like stuffing anything like on your body, which. I was like, yeah, fine, sure, go ahead. Like, they had a male attendant for, like, obviously men going through, and they had a female one as well, so you weren't being searched by a male security bloke, which I was like, okay, I love that, that's good, because I don't really want to be, like, patted down by a male security <laughs> bloke. But then where the camping was, because we did camping one of the races, and um, literally we walked from the campsite in, all they did was scan our tickets, they did no bag search at that entrance. Mm. And I was just kind of like, mm. like, I understand that it's because we were camping, we had wristbands on, so it's sort of like we're only coming from over there. But it's still, yeah. it should be sort of the same thing around any of the entrances. Yeah, because you never know. Yeah. No. It's always better to be safe than sorry. And, mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, whether that's flares or whether it's something worse, you know. Like if you're putting a rule out to not bring something in, you need to police it constantly because it'll mm. keep happening. Like yeah. Um, but the flares surprisingly didn't affect the race results. Um, although they chucked a flare on before Max would manage to actually get pole position. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, I fucking love a home win. Like it's one of my most favorite mm. things is watching someone win mm -hmm. at a home race. But I would have laughed because they would have screwed over their own driver. And I think that's just karma for breaking the rules, simply. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the race results. Interesting. Mm. I didn't expect um, these kind of results. Obviously, obviously, Sanford is not a very fun track. Like, the track itself is fun, but the racing normally is quite boring. A lot of mm. opportunity to overtake. But actually, I was pretty surprised by how exciting this race was yeah it says we good. had an extension of the drs zone didn't we yeah there was a, and i, I yeah, think that helped big time um but we had yeah. max verstappen the home man start on pole finishing first um although there was a part of the race that i think some of us agree that we weren't 100 percent sure if he would finish in first um <laughs> george russell managed to claim p2 after starting p6 and charlotte claire finished third after starting second um and obviously lewis hamilton then finished fourth after starting in fourth which is obviously one of the bigger controversies of controversies of the weekend there were a lot of controversies yeah this weekend um regarding yuki sonoda uh valtteri bottas um lewis and george uh the whole situation just I, did, I don't really know where to start. Like Ma Max yeah, pretty much knew he was going to claim that. Um, I feel like if we start with George and Lewis because they were the kind of like the big drama at the end of it. Well, I think you have to start from the beginning with Yuki. So the whole conspiracy yeah. that yeah. Yuki Sonoda stopped on track to benefit Max because it would pull a safety car and give Max a better advantage against what was looking like a very dominant Mercedes for the first time <laughs> this year, really. Like, they've showed yeah. a little bit of dominance, but setting fastest laps every lap, setting constant fastest sectors, closing down the gap, you know, fighting with the Ferraris, like, there was... And, and the Red Bulls, I say Red Bulls, Red Bull singular. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just interesting to see the dominance back again, and then obviously the conspiracy that Yuki stopped so that 
they could have a safety car so they could pick yeah, and get an advantage. Yeah, because basically what happened was that he believed he had a loose tyre. Luckily, it seemed fine, but he you know, was stopping on track saying, like, no, 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 I have a loose tyre. And his engineer comes on the radio of, no, no, you're fine. Like, the data says you're fine. Carry on. Um, and I think at this point, his belts were already undone or, or heavily loosened. Um, and then they told him to go back into the pits. They checked, checked everything, maybe. Yeah. And then sent him back out and said, no, 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 stop on track. Because um, they changed his tyres, didn't they? When he yeah. went back in, they yeah, just yeah, yeah. didn't say anything. They just changed the tyres and just went... You kind of sit there and you're like, mm, what is going on? Because yeah. if it was just a loosened tyre, surely you'd just tighten it up. You wouldn't change for a full new set of tyres. Mm. I think there was something to do with... There was like a, something broken in the back. Yeah, it seemed like... So, yeah, when he went back out on track, they said, oh, there's a there's an issue with the rear. Like, mm. I need to stop. Um but they, yeah, it was very strange. Not very. They went very clear over the radio. They went clear about it anyway. No. Um, but who knows? Yeah. And then it was said that Varishu Bottas did the same things to benefit his best mate on the grid, Lewis Hamilton, by also stopping on the track. <laughs> and the ridiculousness, ridiculousness yep. of <laughs> the FIA. That car was stopped for three laps yeah. before a safety car was deployed on yeah, the main straight, on the fastest part of the track. Yeah. I don't know why that took so long, because the FIA knows that that car is not going to be removed by just pushing yeah. it backwards or pushing it forwards. Obviously, we have the pit entry that goes around the corner, so you can't just push it in back into the pit lane, because that's not an option. So everyone knew that there has to get some sort of train there to get that car mm. out of the way which obviously we need a safety car for that so i don't know why it took them so long to yeah get that safety car deployed yeah Did and then we saw everything i was just going to ask if celeste received any information on the incident regarding the safety car from her little standing post uh no i, I i'm not in contact with race control it's just my post chief that has the radio on so i don't really know what the communication was like at that point um it could be that race control was hoping and waiting for bottles to just drive away mm. but to wait for that for that long i i honestly don't know why yeah and then obviously we saw what happened with carlos Sainz. he went for an overtake literally where bottas was and very interesting you know just and we we watched it back we were trying to proper analyze it yesterday and he, he slows down a bit as he sees him while he's alongside Bottas, but then speeds up again straight away just to get that overtake. Um, and that's not fully his fault because, you know, there was no safety car out, but there were yellow flags out. That you can see that. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. know, when there's a car there, you know, oh, maybe I should slow down a yeah. bit. Like, yeah. like, you could easily catch Ocon in a couple turns later. Yeah. yeah. Know, after mm -hmm. the safety car's been deployed, safety car's done, you catch Ocon easily. Like, you're in the Ferrari, mm -hmm. you're meant to be on what's apparently the best car on the grid. Um, yeah. You know, but I think Carlos Sainz had um, an absolute horrific stinker mm -hmm. of a weekend. I think yeah. the Dutch Grand Prix is going to be one he wants to forget. From yeah, the safety car with the wheel gun situation. 
um, yeah, promising what, what to hire. Um, all I know is Carlos Sainz came into but... the pit, they changed the tyres, and then there was just the wrong tyre in the wrong tyre blanket. Yeah. And they had to find a new one, left the wheel gun out, in which Perez then drove over it twice. Um, and then they ended up sending Carlos back out, and then didn't he get caught... Sp- why did he get the penalty speeding in the pit no, lane? So he, yeah, so he the, um, had an unsafe release. Uh, with oh yeah, the unsafe Alonso, release. I know it's in Alonso the pit. during the like when they went through the pit lane for um because of Bottas, I think it was. They went through the pit lane and yeah, stuff. They and had yeah, they had to go through the pit lane. Yeah. And yeah, um, that's when George was like, "We're pitting for softs." Mercedes yeah, like, "Yeah, okay then, <laughs> fine." <laughs> um, yeah, and he got the the penalty for unsafe release i thought there was almost an incident after bottas stopped like obviously on the straight um it was i think it was the lap after carlos did like the dodgy overtake but Mm. someone locked up and there was almost like a three-car collision next to because they were all still sort of going they were obviously had slowed down because it was like yellow flags and that lot but they were still going very fast and it was sort of that's mm. there's a reason why you have a safety car yeah. and that's why was... because you almost had a collision because there's a car stopped on track yeah i think it was ocon and two other cars i'm not yeah. sure who Bloody but ocon. yeah it was really close sd <laughs> bestie, bestie. bestie bestie let's not bestie. <laughs> yeah. so carlos signs after a stink of a weekend went from third to eighth mm. Yeah, and with that penalty, he dropped back a lot. It's now lost his third place position. Third place? No, fourth place position in the constructors to none other yeah. than George Russell. Who, <laughs> whether you think George did what he did for his own personal game or what he thought was best for the team is obviously a discussion that is being had wildly, um, especially between like Lewis Hamilton fans and George Russell fans and how Lewis Hamilton fans feel like George Russell snubbed him completely. And I am not biased to either side because they are both two of my most favourite drivers on the grid. Um, I've loved Lewis for a long time. I've loved George for a long time. Um, and I'm a massive fan of both of them. I think the fault sits back at Mercedes. Yeah, And absolutely. not the drivers. Yeah. No, at the end of the day, the strategist is the one that tells you what to do. If you yeah. have both drivers thinking that their strategies are the best strategy, you need to be the one to figure out what's the best strategy to go for. I personally think they both should have pitted for softs the first time around. It was stupid to go yeah. into the mediums, especially when they knew Max was going onto the softs and he had a much faster car. Yeah. And if they had the softs, they might have been able to defend better, obviously. Yeah. At the end of the day, if George had sat between Lewis and Max, Max was going to catch both of them in another... It, it would have taken one more lap and he would have caught them easily. If yeah, they both yeah, stayed on definitely. the mediums. So it's just a... It's just and a I, lot of drama. <laughs> yeah, and I think the thing is is that it was never going to be like the Mercedes car could be able to do that. They What they were doing, trying to win that race, trying to get, say, a 1-2, it would have to be like by strategy. Because definitely. the Merc just doesn't have that pace. Like, and, it is not fast yeah. enough. And nobody and tops Michael Hannah. Is... No one tops Hannah in the strategy no. game. No, she's nobody. Queen. The queen. In- most incredible woman. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to the Formula 2? Yes, yes. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure Naomi has a lot of comments about the Formula 2. That <laughs> 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 she was expressing that quite angrily fine. yesterday. Um, I the first thing on our little points list, we have a little points list. Uh, it says safety car. Yeah. 
Save the car restart. Um, that was chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. The anger. Uh, yeah. Naomi's a big Jack Doohan fan. It was Jack Doohan, yeah. wasn't it? Doohan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jack Doohan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's... I mean, I don't want to fully put the blame on Liam Lawson. But I kind of want to put the blame on Liam Lawson. <laughs> um, um, and I like, I like Liam as well. But we've seen this happen before. This was almost a carbon copy luckily not as bad of the crash that happened in Mugello in 2020 that was exactly that it's speeding up slowing down and 99% of the time you never gain anything from doing a safety car restart like that it's it's not good you are just putting the other the other drivers in danger you saw that and it's never at the front you you know you don't see the chaos at the front it's at the back where they're not seeing as much what's going on. Obviously, you saw Richard Vashaw hit um, Richard Jack Dillon. Richard with a knee. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's his home race as well. And he got on the podium after and he was like, mm, I don't I don't feel like I deserve this. Like, I just punted off a guy that was in, like, the net lead. And he, he did feel bad, bless him. But it's just, it's not good enough and obviously the same happened with Clem he he ended up being part of that chaos and it's it's not good and luckily they are in formula to to learn these kind of things like it is still the feeder series they are still young yeah. and that that is to remember but um hopefully a lesson is learned there because it's just it's not good we saw a lot of drama in formula 2 regarding the war of the safety cars um because <laughs> Was it prior to this Logan Sargent went into the wall? Or was it a was different race? The other race? Uh, prior. Prior. Yeah, because Logan calls the red flag, which the safety car restart was after the red flag. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah Logan Sargent, very not nice crash. That no. Was really crash. <laughs> very but not it, nice it, crash. Yeah. yeah, that was scary. He... I, I mean, we still don't fully... I oh know we do know. Because at first, I thought it was brake failure, which terrified me. Yeah, but that was what hit, I saw as well. Yeah, he hit the back of Bouchon, I think it was. I think it was well, yeah. Yeah, um, and then just broke his suspension and flew straight. He couldn't do anything. He tried to steer, but it was just... It was yeah, and, and I think the worst part was, like, the broadcast, was that mm-hmm. you didn't see it, you just heard someone flying through the gravel and hitting the barrier and that was terrifying yeah. it was the horrible screech yeah yeah I, I remember like it was the commentators who sat there going i've just heard gravel and a screech mm. but i don't know who it is mm. and you sit there and you're like well that's never good because they haven't switched straight back to a camera to show it yeah yeah and you just, yeah it's not very sort of like any it's of scary. the podcasts not it show is, a crash because we all know after bahrain 2020 that they love to repeat showing crashes so yeah, but to not actually luckily, show that initially, yeah, you do sit there and you're like, mm, "What's what's happened?" Luckily, he was okay yeah. though. Um, but it was it was very interesting because he also had he locked up during like into the first corner, which already put him back into that point where he was behind Boshong, um, which is a shame for him because he start he had like a really good starting place. Um, but yeah, it's those things happen. It's not something that could have been 
avoided probably but no i don't think so um, no but it took a long while for the red flag to come out wasn't it yeah hmm. i think they didn't see the damage on the tech pro at mm. first i think they just thought we can pull this car out and we'll all be fine but then obviously his whole nose like got to yeah. the tech pro and all the foam and stuff everything was coming out so they had a lot of repair work to be done mm. If we keep on the theme with uh, crashes, there was another <laughs> very notable crash, um, which I'd say was a was a pretty 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 hot crash. Um, Fire memory, no. <laughs> Fire memory. Did he that. actually put his own fire out? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Why did I not he see did this? Put his own fire out. Yeah. So his um his tire came off. It, it like it wasn't. Yeah, it, right, it was, was rolling it? down the yeah. track before um, he even hit anything. It just rolled. So off. yeah. So basically, what happened? I watched this back. Um, in the pit lane, there was smoke coming off that that side of the um, the car. Um, and it, so either it like melted through somehow, or it just it didn't fit right due to the heat on on the like car and everything um but he went straight off basically and then that yeah. that side the the brakes lit up basically and was on fire and he the fire marshal couldn't get to it so marino did it yeah, <laughs> and he, did it well. he, he was handed the the fire extinguisher and just about managed to do it himself that was pretty good <laughs> And I think the best way to end off Zandvoort for Formula 2 is Felipe Drogovic um, qualified on pole and finished the feature race in first, extending his mm. lead in the championship against Theo Porcher, who had a pretty not-so-memorable weekend. weekend I feel him. so bad for him. <laughs> he qualified in 16th and finished 20th in the sprint race after starting 16th in the sprint. And finished yeah. tenth in the feature race, which is what one point for the whole weekend. Mm. Yeah, and he really needed those points. I mean, oh, he's yeah. on a charging championship. He has a big lead, and for Theo to just have this weekend, it's it's not good. Especially he... when his main rival took po points in both races across exactly. the weekend. Yeah, no, yeah. He sprint, you don't get points for tenth, do you? No. Okay, only got points in the feature race. <laughs> I was like, hang on, I've forgotten the point system. <laughs> no, he, Teo's had such bad luck. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous the amount of like bad luck that kid's having. It's it's sad because he he does have clear talent, and it's the point Absolutely. where this could cost him like a Formula One seat, and it's it's annoying because. You know, it's one of those things of, yeah, we've seen this story before. We've seen the annoying thing of this kid has so much talent, yet there's just, like, no way that he could get there. I know he's looking at other options for, like, um, endurance. He's been testing some Formula E as well. But it, it's frustrating to see that. But Felipe Drogovic is unbelievable. Like, he he finished the feature race and said, no, nah, I wasn't really pushing. <laughs> just like, what? He just, he just knows. Just... Yeah. Um, Felipe Drogovic wasn't our only race winner that weekend. It was also Marcus Armstrong who took his third win of the season, did we say yesterday? Third yeah. win. Third yes. win of the season um, after taking that position from Clement Novelak, who was caught sleeping on the first lap. So, <laughs> love you, Clem, but. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> Wake, Wake up, Clem. <laughs> 
Clement, wake up. No, oh, I no. was waiting for you to do that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the only thing we have written down for Formula 3 is the one, sorry, is the Juan, the only Juan Manuel Correa, who <laughs> managed to get on the podium again. And so happy for him. Yeah. It's just, he truly deserves that. Amazing. It was just incredible. And I think just the whole of the F3 weekend should just focus on the fact that he. Um, yeah, is uh, on the podium. Yeah, it was yeah. like highlight of the Formula Three season. To be honest, like yeah. we knew we knew it was coming for a while. Obviously, he lost. He had a couple of like mechanicals and taken out by some people, but it's so deserved. He's he's yeah. raced so well this year. He did well last year, but this year he's, he's stepped up another level. It's um, one of those things that even if you don't get emotional you got emotional at that podium oh yeah <laughs> you got yeah. Yeah. Him out of the car pointing to his helmet and just yeah it definitely sort of brought a tear to my eye <laughs> yeah it plays on the heartstrings like yeah. it really it brought a tear to my eye i was i was genuinely sobbing oh yeah <laughs> i just remember was... people were saying that he went back into motorsport too soon and that yeah. he should have taken a great step back um but he's proven to himself and to everybody that he did what was best for him and what was right for him and it's now starting to you know he's starting to fully settle in again and really you know truly connect back with what he loves and he's not only doing it for him he's doing it for Antoine yeah and he's like he was the nicest guy ever like you can tell he really he cares about what he's doing and you you can tell he is doing it for Antoine like he's saying like we all, you know, his caption for for his Instagram post or whatever it was says like we all know who this one was for, and it means a lot. And you know, you see you see Anton's mother replying to it on on Twitter, and you just yeah, it's it's still like crazy to think about, but it it means so much. Yeah. Mm. Um, the only other thing we have to talk about with F three is what is to come in the following how many races one one, one weekend one, one weekend, weekend. <laughs> one two weekend races, there is what one two three four there's six competitors yeah it's a tie for this you got yeah. Behrman you got Hajar you got Stanek you got Martin you got Maloney and you've got Leclerc mm-hmm. who do you think's gonna get it I don't know so I think it's difficult because yeah. there's all almost all of these drivers they're obviously very young and you always see what formula 3 it's make or break if they make a move it's either absolutely insane or they just take out basically the whole field Mm. and obviously in monza it's short track there's a lot of cars in formula 3 i think it's going to be chaos because they all they're all pushing they all want it monza formula 3 always yeah it's always chaos so i think it's going to be very interesting to see who can keep his hat cool, keep his hat down, and just yeah. be consistent. I think this weekend and get the points instead yeah. of making weird actions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think the funny thing was with because um, Martins was fighting for it last year, really, um, until Zandvoort, where he just absolutely ruined that whole that whole thing. Um, <laughs> by by crashing into tin three i think it was um and i think he has like a like i think he could do it because i think last year 
helped with his experience for that. Obviously, he fought for Formula Renault as well with uh, Colette. Um, but I think someone who's like, it's kind of like under the radar is Stanek. Like he does everything. Like he keeps his head down. He doesn't make too much fuss. He does it yeah. like under the radar. Um, obviously, if Hajar did it, that would be amazing. Just due to his age, like he's so young. How old is he? Um, same with same with Bearman. Uh, I think Hajar's sixteen. Is he? Yeah. Where? It's crazy how young they are. Um, no, wait, I thought you had and... a notebook full of these things. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Like, even with um, Oliver Beerman, like, they're all so young. It's crazy. Uh, okay, sorry. Hajar is 17. <laughs> I was close. You are close. Um, Did he start the season as 16? No. No. Ah, you're close enough. I'm still awesome. <laughs> <laughs> But rounding out the formulas, um, this weekend upcoming is the Monza grand prix the italian grand prix the best one behold (laughs) if you thought zandvoort had the atmosphere you have not been to fucking monza okay i agree and everything in my body is crossed for ferrari to have a good weekend yeah yeah just one good weekend please let Mm. it be monza monza has brought us though the past three races have been like the best some of the best races in formula one like you know in the new era yeah with Charles Leclerc winning in 2019 you had um who's that man who's that one the one in is it is it I don't know who won that uh, is he what the one like two years ago I think he's French is he French (laughs) my mic cut out I could see it cut out Um, Pierre Gasly uh, winning in 2020. Two years ago today. And um, the brilliance. You're gonna make her cry in a fucking I'm avatar cry. jumper. <laughs> <laughs> and last year we had the McLaren duo on the podium, Daniel Ricciardo, um, the most recent race win for McLaren, and he'll yes, continue yes. to hold that title for at least a good couple of years. So. <laughs> um, I hope Zach Brown appreciates his uh, tattoo, but yeah. Um, So hopefully, fingers crossed, we get a fourth and it's George Russell. Oh, don't, don't. (laughs) To be fair though, okay, so to anyone that's not a Lewis fan, this is going to sound like, well, you're going to waste, you know, the Monza charm on a Lewis win. I need a Lewis win, okay? I think we can And it's because... No, it's because, right, of course I want to see Lewis win, right? But something so special about it being at Monza, firsthand he loves mm. the Tifosi for a start, okay? Loves the Tifosi. Um, second of all, I cannot have him, you know, not win this season because it just, mm. it just breaks. It's not right. It breaks. He's won every single season except this one. Yeah. And I just think you it'd know. be so special that he gets that win in Monza. But if I had to choose, it'd be George Russell. And then Lewis wins the following weekend. Well, Monza is the place for redemption. Like, I exactly. reckon we could genuinely have, like, a Merc win. Because... Shall we manifest? Manifest circle, yeah. guys. Manifest. Um, Mercedes won. I, I Mercedes won too. I need to back my team here. But also, the funny thing is, is Sam Bird, so if you don't know Sam Bird, he's been in Formula E since the start. He's a legend, all-round legend. Um, and 
because he broke his hand in London, he he broke his like his record of a competing in every single Formula E race since the start, but also um, winning a race every season. So this this year has been the only season that he hasn't won a race. He should have um, pulled a calamai lot. <laughs> uh, that man but... took his cast off to try on a suit. <laughs> yeah but um yeah <laughs> so if he stops like it, we could have like a mirroring of, of sam and, and lewis which would be really sad i'd hate that so much i think i'd cry i mean just too emotional yeah. um celeste's put on here ferrari celebration i don't yeah, know it's Celeste. Ferrari. maybe we need to question Ooh. who put on this oh, yeah. ferrari celebration I Ferrari just know it might be the woman with the red radiator, the Ferrari flag on the back of the chair, the Ferrari bag, the Ferrari hats, the Ferrari car, the other Ferrari car, the other Ferrari car, or maybe the yeah. Ferrari shirt she's wearing right now. Yeah, no, there, there's a lot of Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Ferrari is celebrating uh, 75 years, which is obviously a big celebration. They posted, I think it was yesterday, something about mm. new liveries. It looked to be white, but then there's Did also... Did you see rumors the rumours that it's yellow? It yellow and yellow. brown, and it's got like a... Yeah. Or... Let it be white. Very old school. Let it be white. <laughs> Let it be white, please. <laughs> oh, because God. think of the iconic liveries, okay? Yeah. The McLaren Monaco. Oh, Monaco, beautiful. right? Yeah. White. She's white and gorgeous. The Red Bull. What? what was meant to be Japan? What? The Monaco livery wasn't white. Well, it's got a lot of it was white like in it. Very plain. It was pale blue, blue. white. Sorry, yeah. pale blue. Okay, <laughs> it was light. It was very light. Okay, fine, light blue. Okay, <laughs> the Red Bull, the, that that Red Bull livery that was yeah, meant was for Japan, stunning. white. Okay, Ferrari, don't fuck it up. Don't you're fuck missing it up. One, you're missing a white livery. Though. Okay, well, I'm going through the threes. There's there's, there's not a white livery. Don't no, hit me with Wasn't it. Was it like Germany 2019 or something? Do we want to recap that race or no, just let it slide? Exist. That okay, didn't, didn't exist. happen. If you can um, see Alice her face right now, she could literally kill me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, livery, like special liveries don't always bring luck, especially for Ferrari at Monza. Yeah, no. Like it's... after 2020, that was that was a disaster. I like, take I was... back all I said about disaster. wanting to see Ferrari on the podium this weekend. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Nope. <laughs> you asked for it now. <laughs> you asked for it. I mean, at the rate Ferrari is going right now, they'll probably fuck up the. I'm sorry. They probably mess up the entire weekend. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just Ferrari needs a good weekend, both for the team. I think they really need something yeah. to look forward to. Uh, with this celebration, there's only more pressure on them, which can be good. They, I, I know they can perform under pressure, but lately it's just stupid mistakes. It's mistakes that a team like Ferrari, a team that has been so long in Formula 1, a team that is so big, they shouldn't be making these mistakes. So I really hope they can get back in the rhythm and take that energy of the Tifosi and just get a good weekend for them. See what happens in Monza. <laughs> what happens in fucking Monza? Let's see okay. what happens. So Let's I feel see. like the best way to segue into this is obviously, you know, I was like, hmm, what should we move on to next? And I think the best way to move on from Formula One is IndyCar. Because 
there is a lot of fucking drama around this okay if you're unaware <laughs> then you need yeah. to stay on the internet more um <laughs> colton herter i did pronounce that right right Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's that's correct. It's not a hard one. Come on, Alice. <laughs> um, and the super license point situation. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to have differing opinions on this. However, mm-hmm. I don't think he should be allowed to race without the super license points. He should not be given a super license without the super license points. That defeats the I point of it. And there are so many drivers that would have loved the opportunity to race an F1, but have only been one or two points off super license points. And they haven't been okay. able to. The problem I, is yeah. not the 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 you know super license in general. The problem is IndyCar's point system. They should give more super license points out because it yeah. is a much higher. IndyCar, yeah, the competitiveness of IndyCar is is so high, um, like. I I think Colton like deserves it. Like he he is so talented, and a lot of people who like say just watch Formula One don't understand that. And there was there was a thread going on on Twitter last night, um, and and Callum replied to it because because one of the journalists said like oh, I don't think like he should be given it. Like there's there's no point, you know, as you said about the super light. And Callum said like, but like as being experienced of like racing against Tim and racing in Formula 2 he was like I reckon he should be given it because he is talented and I'm I'm interested to see the the moves from IndyCar to Formula 1 I'm ex- uh, like I'm interested to see how that works mm. um but also like I'm a, I'm a big IndyCar fan I'm quite um, I'm a Colton Herta fan as well um but also like I personally like i actually wouldn't want to see him in formula one um because like he's doing so well in indycar he's competitive and you're not necessarily going to get that when you go to formula one we know you know there is well top three top two teams in formula one so and 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 it's just i don't know it's interesting different dynamics of each racing but i don't know it's is it, I'm open for anything because if I don't get it, like if he doesn't get the super license, I think that's like understandable. But also, in talent terms, that would be like really interesting considering I think he does have the talent for it. Yeah, he's talented enough for it. It's the super license pointing points system that's horrific. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's like I don't understand why a driver would leave a well secured spot where they are challenging for championships to go to a sport that has you know no place for you to grow if that makes sense like formula one don't get me wrong it's great it's named the prestigious event of motorsport and i understand why that is like the pinnacle people believe that that's what they want to achieve um but unless right now unless right now this year you are in that red bull car you've not got a fighting chance at winning no exactly yeah if you weren't in that bloody mercedes in 2017 uh, 2017 2018 2019 2020 2021 (laughs) 
a lot of not 21 um you know you weren't winning okay like that's why like it's you know ping it back to like f1 and stuff people always say nick de freeze deserves a formula one seat the only seat nick de freeze could pretty much get is a williams seat why would he go from winning the world championship in a sport that pays well and has good racing and allows him to travel the world and allows him to love motorsport to the full contention that he does to a team where he might not even get a point Mm. yeah and he also does WEC at the same time and he's he's competing in that there's a chance that he could get a hypercar seat for for 2023 it's like why would you why would you throw that all away yeah, and I also don't see Formula One changing anytime soon in that. I think recent years have proven that the small teams just are not gonna get there. They can't survive. Have... No, they just can't survive. They don't have the people, they don't have the money. Obviously the budget cap came in, but I still feel like that isn't doing enough to well, bring it's... the smaller teams forward. Williams, which is the smaller team, is the one that's facing the fines for breaking the budget. Yeah. And then you know alex albon is doing incredibly like he really is, is doing really really well for what the car is but their other driver you know go is literally on zero points so yeah. it's proven that you know the the regulation changes and applying the uh, price cap isn't doing what it was meant to be doing but doing a price cap was never going to work because the mercedes and the red bull and like the Ferrari is so much better developed anyway. Yeah. So giving them the same budget as a team that's still down there just means that instead of it going like that, it's just going to move. It's just going to yeah. go. Yeah, and and even then, really... like you're just capping the smaller teams from growing. Yeah. yeah. So what, if anything, it should sort of be like if you win the championship, okay, you've got to build next year's car. Say like however many thousand. Half the like, budget. Yeah, half the budget. You've only got half the budget. So then next year, actually, someone else has got the content. Like. Yeah, but even then, like with with the price cap, Mick, Mick, Red Bull, probably Ferrari, McLaren, like they're all hitting that price cap. Like they're like, yeah, we're there. We can't go above this. Fine. And then you have like your teams like Haas, and they're like, we can't even make it to that budget cap. Like we don't have the money. Mm-hmm. And you know, even a couple of years ago, I think it was like 2020. I was like, you know, I'll be surprised if there is a Haas on the grid in like five years just financially like it's ridiculous it'd be interesting to see audi though yes yes very interesting yeah and obviously rumors of porsche and directly trying to get in porsche meant to be joining 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 red bull aren't they yeah well rumored yeah i can i can side with that (laughs) (laughs) i can side with a thumbs down um but yeah, it'll be interesting to see the new manufacturers because Audi may end up going with Sauber um, because Saudi... Saudi? Uh, Sauber and... You just Alfa made them Romeo. a cute ship name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, they're splitting Alfa Romeo and Sauber. Um, yes. But it'll, it'll all be interesting. At least Herb Boucher it... will have a seat when Audi come in. He's a Sauber Junior driver. That doesn't mean he's going to get a seat. It's a sarcasm, Naomi. <laughs> I know. 
we all know with the way that the feeders like and academies work alpine have shown it the best like they're just can't even get involved with alpine and all their I just pretend drivers junior programs <laughs> don't actually exist anymore. I feel like it doesn't. Like they why they funnel yeah, that much money season. into junior drivers and paying them to have a seat to just go? I actually don't want you. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Ferrari that kind of like make me like oh like because obviously Massimo left the academy, and after that it kind of just like went really downhill with the Ferrari academy. I can even tell and... you who's in the Ferrari academy. I know Arthur Leclerc is yeah oliver Beerman. dino 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 yeah. you know yeah, Bruges, there we go yeah i used to be able to take it no Seb, Seb is red bull Seb Montoya is red bull oh, i'll tell true. you the red bull genius oh he was Prima, wasn't he yeah. Yeah, point. yeah, no, 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 that's fine. It was the promo videos that I was remembering. Not the... Oh, no, the whole uh, the <laughs> yeah. whole Bremer and bloody Ferrari Driver Academy, you know, conspiracy, they're the same thing. It's all one. I'm telling yeah, you, they're the same it's thing. It's all one. <laughs> all the same thing. They're the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Especially, like, up until, like, last, like, this year, I feel like, because this year they're really Red Bull, like, dominant. Like, very Red Bull. Um, For a Red but, Italian like, team, I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, But, you know, there was a point where they had, like, Mick, they had Pet- Gianluca Petikoff, they had Robert Schwartzman, Dino. I'm trying my best to name them. <laughs> so... Yeah. There was another Callum, Callum Pilar. I mean, Callum, obviously, oh, Callum. but I, that wasn't the year I was talking about. <laughs> I was going to say, we were just talking about IndyCar and you're like listing up all these Ferrari drivers. And I'm like, there is one in IndyCar, Naomi. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, but still. So, if we go from four wheels to two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there definitely won't be much to talk about this because um, three of us here are pretty horrific when it comes to two wheels. Um, yeah. In the introduction, just sorry, it made me laugh. You two, you going, me and Celeste held hands and jumped in, and I'm just a little one that tagged along. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the little kid that. I'm the little and sister. I was the, I was the elder. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, you need to know anything? I'll give you a whole PowerPoint presentation, babes. <laughs> Honestly, um, I have a PowerPoint. Do you want to give your information, Katie, about Mr. Mark Marquez? Oh, right, Mr. Mark Marquez. He's my rider. Like, he's the one that I support. And I know there'd probably be a lot of people like, oh, Glory Hunter, but the man's good looking. Oh. What can I say? Um, <laughs> Christian Horner enters yeah. the room. <laughs> as I told you. As told you. <laughs> um, obviously, it's taking time out because he likes to hit the deck a lot of the time um, and hurt himself quite a bit. So he's taking some time surgery. out. He had an operation. Yeah, had his surgery. Um, but there was an update this morning and a video on the Repsol Honda Twitter account that he's back on a bike and testing at Misano. So fingers crossed that he gets medically cleared for this weekend. Yeah, this weekend? I have a question. Nope. No, next weekend. Someone... As someone who doesn't really watch MotoGP and I haven't been into it anyway, I hear a lot about Mark Marquez. Like, it's everywhere. He seems to be this big guy, you know, winning championships and stuff like <laughs> that. But no, he's also injured a lot. I haven't seen him do yeah. really anything. Is how is that? If you so, is he really is he really that good or is he? Yeah, they have like eight world Plus, championships. 
yeah, so he's got eight world championships. Um, if you really want to see the biggest like point of his dominance, 2019, that 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 championship, yeah, is he? I like. I think it's really hard to for me to explain like Mark being as he is. He's the youngest MotoGP like Premier Class champion. He he went into the championship so young. Yeah. But he oh, he's just been on fire ever since, and it's it's sad that this like injury has happened. Obviously, it happened in um, Harris twenty twenty, and ever since that point, it's been you know all of that's been super like dysfunctional um yeah he he broke his arm basically like here and this arm but and up here um and i think the moment like we saw like it's starting to come back was last year session ring that was his first right his first win since the injury and um kota after that because he his nickname is king of the ring and also Captain America, because um, or because he's just like he's won Sashin Ring eleven years in a row. That's insane. And crazy. he's he's just like actually unbelievable. Like he's he's so like in like everyone like this guy's an alien. Like he is so yeah. good. He's an alien. Um, obviously he fought a couple years with Rossi. He fought a couple years with Lorenzo um danny pedrosa fabio more recently um but he's yeah unbelievable and some people will say like he's over the limit in what he does um mm -hmm. i think it's like 2015 that's the main one where a lot of people are like that's not right um and it was a bit maybe dodgy some people would say um but you cannot deny this man's talent um it's just unbelievable. I really hope we can see him back soon. Oh, me too. Me level. too. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it's necessary because I think also like in MotoGP, so a lot of the talking point in MotoGP lately has been fans because we are getting such low reception with with MotoGP at the moment. It's it's so mm. bad. After Valle left, Valentino Rossi, it's, I mean, we we expected it to be low, yeah. but not not this low. Um, and like, in like Silverstone, there was like no, there was hardly, like, there but there were people there, but mm -hmm. there was no grandstand sold out. And like even in like, so I was sat in the Mark Marquez. Uh, fan stand and the Alex one because it's it's part of one and it's like even then there's like not a lot of people like we didn't expect it to be filled with Mark fans genuinely just on the basis that he wasn't racing yeah. but like there weren't really Mark fans like there were Valentino Rossi fans sat in the Mark Marquez grandstand and we were like <laughs> that's interesting bold um, <laughs> yeah. but it it's been so low and I think I can't remember what weekend it was but it was like there were more people watching BSB than people watching MotoGP in the UK and that that's 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 a big amount like BSB is, is British Superbikes if you don't know it's great racing absolutely brilliant but MotoGP is supposed to be the pinnacle and they're not getting any reception 
um they did a fan survey um which the results have come out like a couple of well, came out this weekend um the female the amount of females watching um which GP has raised massively which is great it's great to see more women watching it and it's mostly like young women um mm. so it's like 16 to, to 21 ages have started watching it um <laughs> what was it? <laughs> <laughs> i've essentially just been called old yeah i <laughs> just saw a face drop in the corner i'm sorry Oldie. um and what was I gonna say? Um, but recently, actually, that was really interesting because the and the fans that the drag, the writers they were most fans of were Fabio Quartararo and Mark Marquez, um, which is just showing like the amount social media can do as well. Because Fabio is young, he's he's the younger like well he's not the youngest there, but he's one of the young writers. Obviously, so Fabio's young, but I'm not young. Yes. <laughs> um, Mark is maybe moving them along a little. Um, hate to admit it, but um, yeah. But then today, this morning, they announced a new deal with um, Saudi Arabia, um, backing loads of things. And a lot of journalists have even said, "Yeah, we're not going because we cannot guarantee our safety." Yeah. If if they do a Saudi Grand Prix. Um, and after talking about all how it's great that women are getting into the sport, then a couple of days later, um, saying that was, yeah, interesting PR. It's not helping the sport, I think. No, not at all. And no. it's all, it's everything MotoGP is behind a paywall. Like, everything. And you can't even look at, like, timing. You can't, like, luckily you can look at results. You can't watch, like, past races. You can't watch press conferences. It's it's all behind the paywall in in the uk you can watch it via bt um but like you even have to pay for that and it's not that's not how you give your race series like exposure and they are very much relying on the oldies not you don't worry uh, to, to i'm just gonna go actually i think <laughs> uh, to keep it going because the young people like students, I'm I'm becoming a full time uni student this year. I know I wouldn't be able to afford all of that, so no. they're just relying on like older people to to keep it going. Really, Thanks. I also can't afford it. Run over. <laughs> there is a crisis. And, oh, I can just say the the session first session of the practice, uh, the testing this morning has just finished. Elisa Spargo on top. Maverick Vinal is second, Fabio Quattararo P3. Uh, Paul Espargaro is actually up in P4, which is surprising, considering how that Honda has been going. Just looking at the other results. Um, Mark Marquez is second top Honda. He's in 17th, actually doing really well, which I'm very happy about. Alex Marquez and Taka keeping together in 19th. Um, the test riders are in as well. You got Danny Pedrosa on ta track. Dominica Daguerre is um, in for Joan Mia, who's injured. Um, and Dovi, even though he did retire this weekend, is on track testing. Oh, interesting. Um, I was going to say, I'm looking over here and you wrote Dovi's last race. Well, yeah, what do you mean yeah. he's on the track? He did <laughs> go on track testing, um, but he is last, unfortunately. How do you retire and then come back for a practice session? 
Well, a lot of the the retired riders do the testing. They do the testing for the teams. Um, so like you've got your Danny Pedrosa, uh, Cal Crutchlow, Dobby now. Um, but yeah, the final lap. Oh, the heart <laughs> failure. The heart <laughs> failure from that. Yeah, I really, really loved that that was amazing i think the thing that made that like even better was their home races it's in mazano peco who's uh francesco bagnaio if you don't know um knows that track like the back of his hand you know the the vr46 academy practices there all the time they they know that like off by heart um and they are just being italian knows it um and he he recently got announced as he got he became the winner to get that Ducati factory seat uh, between him and Jorge Martin. He got the seat. Um, so having the two like twenty twenty three teammates fighting like that was amazing. And it was like three thousandths across the line. I think it was. So um, basically crossed at the exact the same time almost. Yeah practically i think that's one of my favorite things about MotoGP is that they actually like get on with each other so well and they just like shake their hands across the line saying like yeah that was fun <laughs> um but yeah really good peko's fourth win in a row uh he's yeah he's catching up to fabio for definite um yeah i know heartbreaking i'm, um, I'm happy about that <laughs> back off but it's <laughs> it's Ducati like Ducati's speed is unbelievable like this year there's like at one point we had six Ducatis in the top 10 and it's like okay like their their speed is unbelievable and Fabio just needs to hope and pray that he can he can keep on top and then with Moto2 I mean every like Moto2 and Moto3 is always chaos no matter what, they they always show up. But Moto Two this weekend, I found it quite sad. So the the final result was Alonso Lopez P one, P two Aaron Canet and P three uh, Augusto Fernandez. Um, but there was Celestino Vietti, who was actually competing up there with them. He's been racing uh, this year, competing for the championship. Um, but he's. <laughs> wait to lose it like he's just been crashing a lot and it's it's really sad because he he does have the clear talent but he just cannot keep it on track and it's it's ridiculous <laughs> um so he was he was up there for the first time in like a while um and again just just crashed because you lose the front uh but it's it's been happening so much for him it's it's lending down because he has the clear talent and it's it's really frustrating um but alonso lopez getting that win it's it's really deserved he was fighting for the win well he was basically leading the whole of the silverstone race um until the last lap where he got overtaken um by augusto fernandez his fellow countryman um so he finally got his deserved win like well well deserved um and he was Obviously, he was so happy. He broke his his like front, like wind wind barrier. Is that what they called? He he just started like smashing it. He was so oh, happy. Jesus. Um, which oh, is interesting. God. Interesting celebration. But, yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Very interesting. 
Um, um, why does it say that only 17 people finished out of 31 drivers? It was chaos. Like, it was actually chaos. <laughs> um, I have no words, just chaos. Just, just chaos. chaos. Um, there was a messy start. There were three, I think it was three people down in the first lap, including Jake Dixon, Britain's Dick, Jake Dixon. Um, which was really sad because he it just wasn't his weekend this weekend. Um, luckily, he seems okay. He was holding his wrist as he was like coming off, which is quite daunting considering he's had a couple of wrist injuries previously. Um, but he's okay, luckily. Um, but yeah, for for that, it went well. Uh, for Minaldegar, special mention to him, crashing. Um, which was really sad because he he seems to have that race again. He has he's like needs a win. Like he he can get a win soon. He definitely deserves it. But um, yeah, messy Moto Two as always. But uh, wait till you go to Moto Three. Just as even more chaos. Yeah, always chaos with Moto Three. I said if you ever wanna like actually have heart failure, watch Moto Three. Like it's it's so chaos. Um, the race result finished with that, so let me get up, was P1, Dennis Foggia, winning his home race again. Uh, I think it's like, he's like the third or fourth year that he's won that in the a row. Um, but he's really trying to get that like title fight back going, because he was, after last year, he should have been fully up there. Like, up there with your Isang Pofelas, with your Sergio Garcias, but he just wasn't um but he like in the like second half of the year he usually gets super like into it um so i think we could definitely see like a proper title fight from him um p2 was drama mazia back on the podium very happy for him very exciting um literally like in like the last corner like that last lap for them as well was super messy he was like leading the race at one point and then just absolute chaos p3 was he san Gravera? honestly he's now the championship leader because of what happened to sergio garcia which i will get on to um but he's yeah i think he definitely could end up going for this championship like he's been doing everything himself like in qualifying a big issue with moto 3 is the trying to get toes in qualifying it's always chaos people do get hurt from it and they still don't learn uh penalties go out never learning um and it's it's become really serious but isan is one of those people that will literally just do it by himself and it is proved it works so the fact that people still are trying to go for toes and stuff is very stupid but you know hey ho i was um, wondering if you could get a toe in moto like MotoGP, oh like Moto yeah GP3. they yeah they make a massive difference i think they probably make more of a difference in bikes than they do in um single seaters just from like aerodynamic purposes um because like on a bike obviously it's just you and like the body and the bike like that is the aerodynamics um but yeah like it's it makes such a big difference especially in Moto three um but it has proved recently with the amount of like dawdling on the racing line. Um, penalties have been going out for it, but it, it doesn't make a difference. Um, yeah, my, my, my top note for Moto3 is just chaos, as always. Um, 
Another big thing was was Dennis Onchu. He got pole. It was his. I want to say it's his first pole this season, but it's not. I think it's his second. Um, but he's been struggling with a shoulder injury. So he got a shoulder injury in training uh, in the week off, and he has been struggling so much with it. It's unbelievable. He's he's been at the um, the hospitals today. Um, but after the race, you could see how much agony he was in, and it, you know, he was, he was prop. You could tell he was like almost crying with it because he was in so much agony. And I mean, I don't think he should be riding like that, in my opinion. But um, we know, like, declaring people fit and unfit in MotoGP is it's very messed up because they don't do the right protocols. Mm. Um, but that's a whole nother thing to get on to. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Sergio Garcia. So I obviously mentioned that he's not leading the championship anymore. What happened was he... So he went off in the first lap. He had a little bit of a collision with Adrian Fernandez. Um, they both came out fine. Um, but he kept going in, like, mid-pack. Um, and then he ended up going down, which was frustrating. Um, which was basically, that was what lost him this championship lead um, to his teammate as well, which can't feel good. Um, and he kept going, but he kept going like a lap down uh, and getting in the way. So he ended up getting a black flag and that's, you know, we haven't seen a black flag in, in racing like that for a while. Um, so he ended up getting his black flag, ended up having to come in and still being disqualified um just for being in the way basically um but it, it was definitely deserved like it was a, definitely a deserved um black flag but yeah um and then just ayumu ayumu saki's dreadful luck crashing out again this time it wasn't fully his fault which good <laughs> um because he has been causing some stuff but again he's just he is awful luck you know he crashed like at silverstone he crashed um and that was like literally in front of me um at the beginning of i think it was was it magello i can't remember whether it was magello or not i think it was because of just everything surrounding that race it felt awful as well he was involved in a collision with drummer mazia in practice um basically getting run over um and yeah that was dreadful especially on Magello weekend but he just he needs so much more luck he deserves it he got his first win um the other week which was so great and to see like Jake Dixon and Fabio like celebrating <laughs> it with him in in Austria was great but um hopefully he can he can keep that run of that little bit of luck going hopefully Thank you guys for tuning in for episode one of Parked Up by Park Fam. Park Fam. Park's sake! Come on, you got this. <laughs> um, this is going to be a struggle for a long time, I feel like. Yeah, so thank you guys for joining us um, for the first episode of Park Fam. Par oh my god! <laughs> thank you guys for joining us for episode one of Parked Up by Park Fam. Um, if you want to keep up to date with us on anything, um, you can watch and listen to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple. Apple. 
Apple. Um, you can also keep up with us over on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or TikTok. They're all ParkFem underscore, except Facebook because they're all called Delay Have an underscore, so it's just ParkFem. Um, or over on our website, parkfem.co.uk, um, where you'll see a bunch of different run up bits, different you know ways to get in contact with us and join us on our mission to be more inclusive bring more inclusivity i should say into motorsport um but yeah thank you guys for stopping by don't forget to give it a little like not subscribe don't know what it's like on spotify and stuff like it follow everything (laughs) Add Um, add it to the library you know and we'll see you again next week Bye. bye